You're listening to Investify, preaching financial independence and assisting investors to achieve a more flexible and free lifestyle through smart financial planning and real estate investing. If leaving the corporate world and jumping into this thriving industry is what you desire, tune in and listen to stories of like-minded individuals who made the leap to financial independence. Equip yourself with the right tips and tricks to start your real estate journey, making active or passive ventures that are highly profitable and rewarding. What's going on, everybody? You are listening to another episode of Investify. My name is Craig Kerlop, aka The Fi Guy, and we got something a little different for you today. So if you noticed, it's not Wednesday, it's Friday. And that's because we are launching a new series on Investify, which is just going to be a 10 or 20 minute little small segment of either me or Allie just talking a little bit about the market, talking a little bit about what you can do about it, or just it's going to be us just riffing, giving just loads of content in a short amount of time to just make things a little bit more efficient. So these aren't going to be guest shows. It's just going to be a, a soliloquy of, of what we've got to say. And so uh, we're going to kick it off today. I'm recording this kind of in early September. So I just want to give you guys an update and we'll probably do at least one of these a month do a market update as of August 2023. And so I realize that people listening here are going to be from all over the country. I'm going to do a market update on the Denver market. And I will say that I talk to people all around the country and it's usually pretty similar. I know some markets are different than others and there's always a little bit of nuances, but usually the trend is the same across the US. So if you think I'm on par or I'm totally off the trend from with your market, let me know. Just shoot me a, a DM. I'm at the five guy. would love to hear your thoughts. And maybe you talk to your local real estate agent and see, hey, you heard this on the Investify podcast. This is what's going on in Denver. You know, what's going on in Phoenix? What's going on in Dallas? And you can maybe just ask your real estate agent and see if, um, you know, see if they see something similar. And so for August of 2023, at the end of August, this is as of August 31st, 2023, there were about 6,300 homes on the market, which is down 14% year over year. And so what that means, is that there's less inventory and there's obviously as and obviously there's a lot of less buyers as well. So mortgage applications have been the lowest since 1995. So there are less buyers and less homes being sold, which basically means, and I think there are slightly less buyers than homes being sold. That drop is bigger on the buyer side, which in August of 2022 was 595,000. That price in, in August, of 2023, 590,000. So we're seeing a little bit of a price compression and we're going to continue to see that. We've even got some firsthand experience with this. We've got uh, an agent on our team and he went out and did some showings and put some offers in. We're actually able to get them 20, 30, $40,000 below asking, which is the first time in the six years that I've been doing this, that we've actually been able to do that. Now, while the market and the media and everyone telling you it's a horrible time to buy because it seems like we're at the top, at the end of the day, you have to be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. And at this point in time, there's just such little competition. You actually have some negotiation power versus last year or two years ago when you were had to come in at fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars over asking, wave inspection, wave appraisal, and still may not even get the deal. And so that's where we're at on today's market. Now we're going to continue here. So median days on the MLS is nine in August 2023. Last year was six. 
right? So again, like the market is still moving. There's just less deals happening. However, the average days on market or the median days on market, which is a statistic that I like to use better, is still very low. A healthy market would be a median or average days on market of about 30, right? So we're still about a third of the way there. I think in conclusion with the market update, there just aren't a lot of buyers or sellers wanting to transact. Buyers are afraid of the higher interest rates. They think they're going to wait until prices come down. Sellers are also apprehensive to sell because of the high interest rates. They don't think they're going to be able to get what they need to get. And if they had bought in the last five years, which 70% of America has, now they're going to be getting rid of a 2 3 4% interest rate in exchange for a 7 or 6 or 7% interest rate. So, it's, so they can't afford as much. They'd have to be downsizing. It's just not worth it. Anyone who needs to sell now seems to be doing it out of necessity versus want. And that just reduces the, again, that's why we're seeing inventory so low. And that's why we're seeing such low buyers. And so what's going to happen here in the future? What can you do about it? First, I'll say there's three things. There's get your credit right. And the reason why is that Fannie and Freddie are adding new standards where if you're at a 720, 730, 740, which is typically a really great credit score, you're actually going to get a lower rate and if you're at a 760, 770, 780. And oftentimes there are just a few things that you can do, just a few tweaks. Pay off some credit cards, just that you were gonna pay off anyway, just keep that balance low, maybe consolidate a couple things, whatever it is, to get that credit score up above that 760 so you can have a lower interest rate. Having a lower interest rate obviously reduces your monthly payment, which increases your affordability. So you can buy the house that you actually want and just keep that monthly payment lower. So obviously you could cash a little bit better. And so if you're looking to get your credit, if you aren't at a 760 or higher, hit me up on Instagram. I'm at the Fi guy and we'll get you introduced to the right people to make sure that you're going to get your credit right. And if you're like three to six months out, now is the time to reach out. So the credit bureaus have time to see your score and to, to increase it. So that way, when it comes time to actually apply for the loan, you're good to go and you're not waiting three to six months from then. The second thing you can do is increase your income. Obviously, in a pretty obvious thing, who doesn't want to make more money? And so how do you do that? So there's a couple of different ways. Obviously, there's a bunch of side hustles. There's a great podcast out there. We actually just had him on the podcast. Nick Loper of Side Hustle Nation literally just interviews people about different side hustles they do to make more money in their careers. This is, is amazing, right? And this the only downside to this is that typically you're going to need two years of experience in this side hustle in order to count that towards your income, unless it's some sort of recurring guaranteed thing, which probably isn't going to be the case for any sort of side hustle. And so what that helps is it helps you make more money to increase your down payment. Now, if you increase your down payment, that would obviously help you afford more, which will obviously help your monthly payment go down. And so that's one way to, to increase your income. And I don't think it's as effective as the second way. The second way is to, if you're working for a W-2 job and you've got a standard salary, go ask your boss for a raise. It's pretty simple, right? The fact of the matter is cost of living has increased. I'm sure wherever you're at, inflation is a pretty big deal. A lot of times, all you have to do is ask your boss for a raise and they're likely to even give you one. All you have to, but people are usually just too afraid to ask. And so how do you ask for a raise? This is another thing. You need to think like a business person and to ask for a raise. And so you go to your boss and you say, hey, Mr. Boss, if there is a way that I can increase revenue by, I don't know, let's say a million dollars, would you be willing to give me a $50,000 bonus? Or would you be willing to give me a 10 or 15% raise? And if you might be able to do that, I actually increased my salary and a bonus by saying, hey, if I can make 
when I was working at Bigger Pockets, I said, Hey, if I can make Bigger Pockets an extra 500 grand, would you give me an extra 50? And they were like, Yeah, of course we would. And so I went ahead. I created a bunch of landlord forms for Bigger Pockets. You may have downloaded those before for all 50 states. They made some good money off them, increased the pro membership, increased the retention of the pro membership, and they gave me a nice little bonus. And if you can go to your boss and ask, put yourself in their shoes and don't just ask for a raise, but figure out what value you can provide, what additional roles you can take and ask them, how can I get a raise in the next two to three months? Even rather, that might even be better than just asking for it. Think about how many people come to them and ask them, how can they get a raise? And maybe they don't have a great answer and you go to them and say, hey, if I start doing X, Y, and Z, would that help the company out? And if I do these X, Y, and Z things, do you think that would warrant a 10 or 15, maybe $20,000 annual raise? Now, let's say you get an extra, let's just say $24,000 raise just for the sake of easy numbers. That's an additional $2,000 a month. How much more can you afford with an extra $2,000 a month? You're probably looking at, I don't know, maybe an extra 100 to 200,000. And so now you can actually afford things in this market, in the Denver market or Phoenix, Oregon, wherever you're at. And, and really that's the most important thing is just to be able to afford the home from Fannie and Freddie's standpoint, because you're going to have other people paying the mortgage, right? Like you don't need to worry about actually making those payments. You just got to make sure that you can actually afford the house from Fannie and Freddie perspective. And the third thing that lenders are going to look at, the big thing is the debt to income ratio. We, we've tackled the income. We've tackled the credit. Now we're going to tackle the debt. So what kind of debt do you have, right? Do you have student loans? Do you have car payments? Do you have credit card payments? Is there any way that you can consolidate this and get this monthly payment lower? This is going to be huge. You want to make sure you do this without jeopardizing your credit score. So don't go claiming bankruptcy. Don't go through one of these like debt companies that are going to trash your credit, but take care of your debt. Oftentimes uh, you can consolidate. You can consolidate with an interest free for X amount of time. You can maybe take a HELOC out if you've already got rental properties. Just find some way to consolidate and reduce your monthly debt obligation. And that would also be able to get you to afford more. And so the whole point of being able to afford more is so you can get these five, six, seven bedroom houses, right? That you could potentially Airbnb, that you could rent by the room, have five or six roommates, each paying $900 a month and actually still cash flow. We are still seeing people cash flow in this market, even with elevated prices and higher interest rates because they're charging, they're getting six bedroom houses, they're charging 900 a room, they're making 5,400 a month and their monthly payment is like 3,600, right? So still good deals out there, maybe not as good as they were back in 2020, but the fact of the matter is we can't go back to 2020. We're just here for today. So in conclusion, right? The market is tougher now than it ever has been to buy. The media is telling you not to buy. Everyone is telling you not to buy. That is exactly why you should buy because everyone else is not. The competition is not as nearly as fierce as it's been. You can oftentimes, you're the only offer on a property. Oftentimes these properties are sitting. So now's actually a really good time to get a deal, get the terms that you need, make sure, negotiate with the seller, get everything you can do. And, and just make sure you can start house hacking and start investing and changing you and your family's financial future for the long term. One last thing I want to add is that the, one of the most common things that our clients are doing these days is a is the 2-1 or 3-2-1 buy down. And so what this is, if you haven't heard of it, is basically you have the seller pay some additional closing costs. Typically, it's 10 to 20,000. This pays to buy down your interest rate for years, for the next three years. And so it'll buy it down 3% or three, three full percentage points in year one, 2% in year two, 1% in year three. And so now instead of having a 7% interest rate, you've got 4% for the next 12 months, 5% for the 12 months after that, and then 6% for the 12 months after that. And the idea is that you'll be able 
to refinance within the next three years when rates do drop. So you're able to get the pro- get the home at the price you want and then eventually get the mortgage you want. But in the meantime, you're really not sacrificing much. You're just sacrificing the risk that you end up with a 7% mortgage. But either way, you can refinance at any time. One of our, our preferred lenders that we work very closely with, Nicole Ruth, their whole team actually has a program where you can refinance it for free in the next, between now and 2025. And so what that means is she's basically giving you a free couple points for a couple of years, and then you can refinance it at no cost to yourself. So there's really no downside in doing this. And that's it, guys. That is it for this week's kind of market roundup. We're calling it the Investa Fridays. Let me know if you like that name. A little cheesy, I know, but that's how we roll here is with extra cheese. Let me know on Instagram, guys. Just shoot me a DM on at the Fly Guy if you like this kind of episode, if you thought it was valuable. And yeah, looking forward to coming at you every week. Allie and I are going to switch off every other week here. Other than that, if you're looking for an investor-friendly agent or you're looking to potentially join a team of investor-friendly agents, feel free to just hit us up. Uh, you can go to thefyteam.com or you can hit me up on Instagram at thefyguy. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll see you all on the next episode. That's it for this episode of Investify. We hope that these nuggets of real estate wisdom lead to more savvy financial planning and a clearer path towards financial freedom. For more content like this, subscribe to the show at investify.com. Don't forget to leave a rating and share it with your friends. Together, we can transform more real estate newbies into successful and clever investors. Thank you so much for listening. See you on the next one.